Before I go into a full-throated defense of Steve Bannon, the Trump strategist who recently was sentenced to four months in prison for defying the January 6th crooked court and the illegitimate Department of Justice put in place by Joe Biden and his plans to destroy America, I need to answer a question that the Butler County Sheriff's Department asked the Lakota School Superintendent. While being interviewed by the police for his bizarre sexual lifestyle, the school superintendent was looking for help from his friend, the sheriff, so he name-dropped me to remind him of a political rivalry within the Republican Party. It appeared to work because the police did not take further action even though the charge involved children, they blew it all off as pillow talk among consenting adults. That is a subject all its own, but during the questioning, the police asked the superintendent, who does this rich Hoffman run around with where the answer came back, far right-winged, people, as if I was hanging out in my spare time with lunatics who were half-shirt tank tops in their backyard while cooking a dog to eat over an open fire with Confederate flags flying over the house. For people concerned with history, the Confederate enslavers were all Democrats, while the people freeing the enslaved people were all Republicans. Just a tiny little detail, I usually don't talk about my behind-the-scenes life, but since I saw that question posed by the police, I've meant to address it adequately because the Steve Bannon case reminded me of a dinner I was at that involved the prosecuted voice of the war room that the liberal world order wanted so much to shut down. I'm proud of him, and I think this action against him will only help his cause. Also involved in that police interview was the new Lakota school board member, Darby Body so her involvement with me in a posh dinner a few months ago where we were at the VIP table together has relevance. Darby was sitting next to me, actually, her sister was next to me, and Darby was next to her. In front of me was a senator. Next to him was a big-time political influencer. Next to him was a judge. Next to him was a political activist. Next to me at the following table was a state representative. And next to her was other political bigwigs. The food was excellent. The conversation was heavy. I was set to speak at this event, so we were in the center of the room. And you might say it was an event very much concerned about the affairs of our political order. It was hardly an event that contained a bunch of crazy right-wing balloons. And as our conversations were focused on lofty concerns, I received a text message. As I saw it, I showed it to Darby and it caused even more discussion with a bit more weight added to the subject matter. It was a text from Steve Bannon, continuing a conversation we had been having all day, and as happens from time to time. I usually don't think much about these things, but in the context of the police interview where the question came up, what kind of people do I hang around with? Well, that would be a good example. And I'm proud to include Steve Bannon's name among them. I figured out my role in the freedom movement a long time ago. I have a bedside manner that solves problems, whereas, on shows like The War Room and the old AM radio broadcasts that I used to participate in, the focus was on addressing an issue, but there never seemed to be much time to talk about the solution. For Steve Bannon, that is how The War Room works, talk about a problem and get people activated to help answer it with community activism. He and I had talked about this because there had been times when he was obviously considering me as one of his contributors. I shy away from those kinds of engagements because my gig is to give people the confidence that they need to take action with my bedside manner. For me, there is never a time to panic. There is never a bad guy who can't be beaten in whatever way is needed. I am an optimist in every sense of the word. While my blog has millions of visitors, I consider what I do to be more of a slow burn than the urgent discussions that often make up talk radio content. People read and watch my stuff and think about it for a long time. 
and I like to keep the money out of the First Amendment business as much as possible because being small and nimble is more important than attracting an audience that advertisers would want. To do what I do, I need to remove as many woke influences as possible, so lean and agile are essential to my task, and I need the autonomy to work to my own schedule and the subject matter. While Steve Bannon is on every day from 10 a.m. to noon, then from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. to do his War Room podcast, he even works on Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, my schedule is that my published content goes up at prime time, 8 p.m. each night, every night all days of the year, but I produce that content at my leisure. I have a busy life, so I usually do my work on these matters between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning while the rest of the world sleeps. I have a very tight schedule during the waking hours that has something new going on every 15 minutes and lasts until well into the evening, past 8 p.m. So, part of my thing is being able to control my time to do it instead of working toward a fixed schedule. I need that extra freedom to perform my task, whereas Steve Bannon is like a clock, he's always on time and doing his work, even when the FBI is raiding him for harassment. So to additionally answer the question by the police about who I run around with, and some of the names I've mentioned, and talking about my daily schedule, it concludes with the obvious answer, I'm not this busy and spending time around those kinds of people because what I do isn't heavily sought after. Suppose you don't have a track record built over three decades of being right about things and having information that influential people find extremely valuable. In that case, you don't find yourself talking to the kind of people I mentioned at that table. The political enemy wants to believe that everyone has the same problems that they do, so they imagine that people like Darby and I are all about one political topic and that we spend the rest of our time waiting for someone to tell us what to do next, such as the life of the typical liberal. Rather, in my case, it is hard to give everyone the kind of time they want from me, and for me to do what I do, it requires vast amounts of flexibility to perform the task. But the need to perform those tasks is heavily sought after, and if I didn't have a track record of truth and cutting through the fog so reliably, then I wouldn't be at events like the one mentioned. And the only reason that I say it here is its relevance to Steve Bannon, who is considered by many to be the most dangerous person in the world. I don't think he is. But I sure am proud of him and how he has stood up under heavy intimidation by an insurgent force in the White House. He has been tough. Darby Body has been tough. And so have many thousands that I can think of off the top of my head who are fighting back against liberal tyranny wherever it shows itself. When I go to events like that VIP event, I think of how the people involved are answering a call that started with the progressive movement, and specifically Saul Alinsky. The radical left punched America first, and it took about 80 years for the America First movement to punch back. But that's what we are doing now, and I would say I'm proudly heavily involved on many, many, many fronts. And I wouldn't call any of the people I'm interested in as fringe or radical. They only have in common that they don't like bullies, and they aren't going to take it. And fighting back is the only answer which is the kind of people I hang out with. Hopefully, that answers the question that the police were seeking. Rich Hoffman Click to buy the Gunfighter's Guide to Business